Do the Sooners have enough snaps to go around at Cheetah? What's the biggest question mark facing the Sooners leaving spring ball? We'll talk about that, taking your questions on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Shout out to every member of the Everyday Club. Thanks for listening, tuning in on the podcast side and on YouTube. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts for free and available on all platforms. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we're taking the questions from Twitter our folks over there at the Locked On Sooners Twitter account or following Locked On Sooners Twitter account sending some good questions. Let's start here because Desan McCullough, we talked about, had a fantastic spring game performance, but might be sleeping on Justin Harrington as well. He had a really strong performance, and the coaching staff is still really up in air or really highly encouraged by his production and his uh, improvement over the spring. So Lewis from Fort Worth asks, are there enough cheetah snaps to go around between Desan McCullough and Justin Harrington. Based on the way the coaching staff is talking, that's a very interesting question. I'm going to do something that I absolutely hate, and I'm going to paraphrase for Brent Venables here because we I'll pull the audio clip or the video clip later this week or next week for the Everyday Club. But uh, based on what Brent Venables was saying, again, he raved after the spring game about Justin Harrington. And Harrington had a a nice day in the spring game. And yet maybe it's just me individually caught up with, well, did you see Desan McCullough as a freshman All-American at Indiana? And then he comes to the spring game, John. Well, comes to Oklahoma, performs in the spring game. And though it's just three tackles, I mean, he's flying around. He looks like such a natural. You had questions. Okay, here's somebody that – or I had some questions. I'll speak for myself. This is somebody that has – at Indiana – played the edge position well, is that just maybe where he is naturally best suited? And lo and behold, they put him out at Cheetah, and he looks great in the spring game. And yet all along the way, you've got Teddy Lehman, who, of course, I think uh, any Oklahoma fan would put a lot of stock into what Teddy's saying. And he says, hey, you, you need to be scooping up this Justin Harrington Cheetah stock. And yet because of that excitement, because uh, surrounding Desan McCullough and after what he did in the spring game, even with Harrington looking good, I think for some, myself included, it's natural to say, okay, well, yeah, that's McCullough's job. Is it McCullough's job? Or what does that mean? Uh, Does this lend itself, John, to where if both guys are that impressive, And again, Brent Vittables afterwards was raving about Justin Harrington, talking about this is a low 4-4 speed guy, and he looked fantastic all throughout the spring. If all of that is true and what we saw on display in the spring game was what it's going to be going forward for Oklahoma, I mean, you got to find a way, right, as many times as possible to get both guys on the field at once. Yeah, it's one of those good problems to have where you've got depth at the position. You feel good about playing both guys. That's a really good position to be in it does create an interesting dynamic of how do you get 
everybody snaps because, you know, say you're running Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick out there as your two starting traditional linebackers at Will and Mike, are you going to go with two cheetahs on the field at the same time? I mean, I think that's something that's possible because of Desan McCullough's ability to rush off the edge, Justin Harrington's ability to cover a little bit. I think you kind of have a, a dynamic where you could, in theory, run some semblance of a three, four where, you know, your four linebackers are, you know, include two cheetahs, you know, with McCullough and then Canick and Stutzman on the inside and then Harrington on the other side in a kind of a three, almost like a three, three, five, a little bit where Harrington plays that fifth defensive back role and you've got three kind of linebackers out there. So, I mean, that's an intriguing option and we know that they want to run a lot of, a lot of different fronts with a lot of different looks. So I think that does give them a little bit of, the ability to run, you know, a three, what would look like a three, four, if you're calling the cheetah a linebacker, but it creates so much versatility and so many, you know, moving parts that it could be tricky for defenses to get a handle on. If you've got a Desan McCullough who you can rush off the edge or you can drop into coverage and then blitz somebody else as your fourth rusher. It, it creates a lot of really intriguing options that I'm sure that they've explored as they look at how to deploy the assets that they have that's one potential way that you get those three, you know, get those uh, two cheetahs on the field at the same time and have a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed, uh, a lot of, you know, good coverage ability, ability to run, you know, play good run defense. Cause you don't really give that up when you have Desan McCullough on the field, Justin Harrington, he's a little bit, he's going to be a little bit smaller guy, but because of his speed, he's going to be able to fly around and get to the football as well. So that's a really intriguing option. And again, going back to the depth, we talked about it on numerous occasions, how much the linebackers had to play last year. You're not going to see them play 900, 950, nearly a thousand snaps this season, because you're going to see them, you know, make sure that they use their depth and get that depth on the field. And that depth is going to be much improved and ready to take snaps as opposed to what it was a year ago. You're going to have guys like Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie ready to take snaps and, and be a part of the linebacker rotation. Shane Witter is going to be back. So that helps you out a lot as well. So, it's going to be a much better linebacker group, but I, but again, having two cheetahs that you feel great about playing out there, which I don't think they did last year. They liked Justin Harrington. They liked his progression, but I don't think they felt confident and comfortable with rolling him out there. That's why you saw Deshaun white play over 900 snaps last season for the Sooners. So again, good problem to have trying to figure out how to get all your good players on the field at the same time. You get a lot of speed out there. If you get McCullough and, Harrington on the field at the same time with Canick with Stutzman. That's a really intriguing linebacker core. In in identifiable passing downs, we we might see a good bit of that, right? To where you can just let McCola just go be a pass rusher, and you feel like you're you're not giving up any of the coverage ability because you've got Justin Harrington back there. Some of it, I mean, maybe it hinges too on what does the edge position look like for Oklahoma? How quickly, how fast does, does that group come along for OU? Because, you know, if you love that group, maybe you, you just have to pick between Desan McCullough and Justin Harrington because you don't want to take one of those natural uh, edge guys away from the edge. But I think you hit the nail on the head just in that it's a good problem to have. And it seems like Oklahoma, just from a how are they going to put all the puzzle pieces together standpoint, John, they've got more puzzle pieces in the box, which this is uh, this is 
a fun holiday puzzle, right? This is uh it's good to have more more puzzle pieces to try to place for Oklahoma. They didn't necessarily have that a year ago. And maybe they're, you know, that death portion when we have that conversation feels like Oklahoma is going in that direction. And the cheetah is, I think one good example of that. Exactly right. You improve your depth across the board on defense, but that cheetah spot, which is so crucial to Brent Venables defense it's improved because Justin Harrington's got more familiarity, more comfort level with it. You got an incredible athlete in the San Nicola coming in and playing the position as well. So that gives you a lot of really good options, but it's going to be fun to watch, see how they deploy that. I really hope we do see a, a, an alignment where it's, you know, a three, four look, but you got your two cheetahs out on the field and just creating so much, you know, potential confusion because you could drop it, you know, drop either one of those guys you could drop both those guys into coverage and then blitz Stutzman and Canick up the middle. And then you're like, okay, now what do we do? Like it's super confusing because now Stutzman has got to work on his interior pass rush. But again, it's a big physical guy with a lot of, you know, with good juice coming up the middle, rushing the a gaps, getting the quarterback off his spot. Very intriguing. We got more questions coming from you. We got some thoughts from Brent Venables. Uh, after the spring game as well. But first, let me talk to you all about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't had it, you're missing out. It tastes great. It's great for you. 17 grams of protein, only four or five grams of sugar, 130 calories, so many great flavors like the peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie. Those are three of my favorites, but great like coconut brownie chunk. And if you like marshmallow, marshmallow texture foods, man, they got Built Puffs that are fantastic. That is a big, big um a fan favorite, if you will, of the Built Bars, the Built Puffs. So go check it out, Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15, or you might be able to check them out at Walmart, Sam's Club as well. Again, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, Built. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Our next question, Josh, comes to us from Brandon Owens on Twitter. He asked the question, what did y'all think of Peyton Bowen's debut in an Oklahoma Jersey? I'm thinking he is everything they are saying and more. Yeah. Agreed. He, he looked fabulous. And I, I said this the other day and I'll just reiterate it again. That was not the greatest interception of all time in the spring game. How dare you, sir? I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but, uh, underthrown pass, not a great decision from Dylan Gabriel, but what it was is something we haven't seen a lot of from Oklahoma defensive backs, just being in the right position and being there to go make that play. And then given the opportunity, making the play, right? I mean, how many times have we seen, whether it's a defensive back or a linebacker for Oklahoma interception, it's there to be had. Oklahoma doesn't come away with the turnover, right? So just even from that standpoint, I thought that was great from Bowen, but I keep going back to the Brent Venables quote. Football is easy for Peyton Bowen that he, he dropped on us immediately once the spring started. And I think we, we saw that from, from Peyton Bowen. He is, and this is not just going out of my way to be, you know, waking up with uh, choosing violence or before we call it a day, choosing violence. I think early on here, and I know the, physical profiles are different but the reputation coming in is similar early on i'm gonna go ahead and say it peyton bowen looks like who we hoped buki was going to be at the university of oklahoma and it's very very green at the gills very early in this process 
but this is a five-star defensive back coming to the University of Oklahoma that football is easy for, and it looks like football is easy for John. He looks very early like a five-star defensive back, what you would expect him to look like. And with all, without all of the, I don't know how to phrase it so much, personality of Buki, you know, like Buki got himself a kind of a bad rap a little bit because of some of the personality, some of the poor timing for penalties, you know, late hits, targeting fouls, you know, just pass interferences. It was just one of those guys that he never really material materialized, had some good moments, played some good, you know, uh, snaps for the Oklahoma Sooners, but never really lived up to the hype of being one of the highest rated defensive back prospects that Oklahoma had ever had. So yeah, it's, it's simple to, it's easy to make the comparison between the two. I do think that Peyton Bowen's athletic profile is so much greater than what Buki's was. I mean, Buki was a fast player, but he was undersized Peyton Bowen. He's, he's not a big guy, but he's got more size. He's a, I think he's a more athletic player and he plays fast. Like he, he plays mentally fast, which is just as important as playing fast or being fast is mentally being able to process quickly and do the right thing, do the thing you're supposed to do. Again, you come into it. I know we can overstate this, but you come into a program like the, the University of Oklahoma with a head coach with as much defensive success as Brent Venables, who's coached a lot of great players at the collegiate level. And he's saying that the game comes easy for this guy. Like, I don't think we can really oversell that enough like there might not be a higher compliment from brent venables than that at least publicly to about a player especially about a true freshman player i mean that's huge the fact that he can come in and and again venables talked about it in the in the post game presser missed a lot of practice time due to injury due to the loss of a the loss of a loved one and he's still able to make such an impression, such an impact that we're talking about him potentially being a day one starter as a true freshman, which is definitely within the realm of possibility. But even if not, he's going to be a really, really good rotational player as a true freshman. And then by 2024, like he's definitely one of your starters at safety. And I mean, the sky is the limits for this kid. He's absolutely blowing off all of the expectations and it just goes to show how important that recruitment was at the end where you know you've got you know Notre Dame is the committed you know party they flip to Oregon Oklahoma never really gives up on the pursuit and gets the flip from Oregon on signing day and end up with one of the best players in the class and that's absolutely huge so um any more thoughts on Peyton Bowen before we go to our final question Josh well just would like to revisit that because of said recruitment that you're referencing, John, said it then, still feel that way now. Too wild of a recruitment for him not to be an all-time great yeah. at the University of Oklahoma. It just feels like there's there's something to it, right? It's It just was meant to be for the University of Oklahoma. And if he goes on this trajectory that early on it looks like he just might, John, and, and he has we, – we've talked about it ad nauseum. The safety room is – Clearly already, it's so obviously upgraded from where it was even a year ago with uh, with Billy Bowman 
And Reggie Pearson, I think, is a nice addition there. We haven't even seen some of the other guys that have signed their next uh, from from last year's class, their next steps forward. And then you add Peyton Bowen into the mix. John, it's already very, very much improved. And it's with that being improved, I can't rule out the possibility that Peyton Bowen's going to be a day one starter this season for Oklahoma because he's that impressive. And if he's that guy, oh, man, you're talking about by the time his career is done here, one, two, three years that he would play and start at the University of Oklahoma, knock on wood, good bill of health, you know, you know, good bill of health here throughout it. John, it's to me, it's yeah, it's probably still a little bit too early on this, but I see the makings of somebody at Oklahoma that could wind up as, you know, an all time defensive back. Great here at, at Oklahoma. He's he's got that type of sizzle about him. And we're hungry for it, right? It's been a long time since we've had a defensive back at the University of Oklahoma that's been a great player. You know, you go back a long, long way, whether it's Roy Williams or Derek Strait, until you find a guy that is kind of a legendary figure. Um, I'm not going to put that expectation on him. I'm not going to tell you that Peyton Bowen's going to be Derek Strait or Roy Williams, but early returns are very, very promising that this guy could go down as one of the better defensive backs in Oklahoma's, you know, last decade easily, I think. Um, Final question on uh, spring game or from spring game questions on the Twitter side of things. Uh, David from Utah asks, the biggest question mark about the Oklahoma Sooners leaving the spring, Josh? So I'm not going to just keep hammering the drum uh, on the offensive line, Uh, you know. I think we've covered that we've covered that top to bottom and obviously injuries are a part there so I would just say the biggest question I have that remains with this team we couldn't answer couldn't answer in the spring because you, you didn't play a real football game the biggest answer is just uh, the biggest question that needs answered is can this team go win close football games has it mentally turned the corner under Brent Venables that's that's the biggest question that's still pertains to this football team. We could we could do the the offensive line conversation, defense, I mean just generically how much has it improved? Those are still big questions, but you know, bigger birds eye view even than that. Has Oklahoma figured out how to go win football games again under Brent Venables? That's the million dollar question. And, and they're going to have to because they're going to play close football games again this year because the defense is going to be better. It's just not going to be such a defense that all of a sudden they're winning by 20 or winning by 30 in big 12 play. They're going to have games where they win by 10, but I do think that they'll still play a lot of one score games, but now you have to kind of bring that back to the, to the mean in that you start winning some of these close games that you lost a year ago. That's going to be the biggest difference. And again, it comes back to like we've talked about red zone third down on both sides of the ball. Can you get off the field on defense on third down? Can you sustain drives on third down on offense? Can you score when you're in the red zone? Those things matter, and they're what win and lose games. When you lose close games, you point back to what? Red zone efficiency, third down efficiency, especially on offense. Uh, Defensively, you point to third down defense. It matters. If Oklahoma can improve in those areas, they're going to be much better. And I, I do think that they will. I think that, especially on defense, that they're going to be a much, much better third down defense this year where they're not giving up 
you know, a third and 10 like they were or a third and 12 or God forbid a third and 16 against Adrian Martinez in Kansas state. I feel like that's the new squib kick, even though it wasn't as high profile of a game. Like that's the one I keep coming back to. It's like third and 16, third and 16, Adrian Martinez rumbling down the sideline uh, untouched because the, the spy decided not to spy that said, yeah, if they can learn how to win close games, it's going to be a much, much different program. But that's still the big question is, can they win close games? And just generally speaking, here's here's one cut from Venables talking about, hey, did you get out of the spring? With all of that being said, did you get out of the spring what you needed to get out of the spring? Again, up through this, you, you feel, all right, we, we mission accomplished. We improved. We got better. And now you go back and, and certainly we're evaluating it every step of the way. But now you, all right, now here's where we're at. Here's what we got to add to it. Here's where you got to improve. And some of it's going to be roster. Uh, some of it will be scheme. And some of it will be just, you know, the plans for the summer, uh, you know, and again, continue to help the leadership's, uh, leadership lead. And uh, so we can continue to make improvement. You know, the improvement process isn't over. It's in many ways just beginning. So feel feel better. You know, again, like I say, uh, we want to get better and improve, and, and we did, but, you know, we still got a lot of work to do. And uh, Brent Venables, by the way, referring to this next phase, John, as the transformational phase. So that is now how we can refer to the post-spring until – they return together and go through, you know, summer camp and then fall camp into uh, the season. This is now the transformational phase. And one thing that I thought was intriguing is, you know, improving the roster. You know, is he talking strictly by the summer enrollees for the 2023 class? Is he talking about they're going to continue to be active in the transfer portal? Now, we've already seen them add Brennan Thompson, the wide receiver, to the position group. I just don't know where else they could potentially add unless there's a legit star that just pops up in the portal. I don't think that they're going to do much more shopping uh, in the transfer market, but he could be talking about you know the guys that are coming in in the early or the summer enrollees for the 2023 signing class, guys like Jaquez Petaway, guys like Lewis Carter and Sam Omasigo and uh, uh, Dave McCullough, like there's going to be a lot of talented guys that show up this summer and continue to add to the competition and the talent level in the room. Well, in the second transfer portal window closes on April 30th. So it's my understanding that from a transfer standpoint, that's it, right? In terms yeah. of uh, being eligible to play for next season. Now a grad transfer would be, I guess, different that uh, you could, maybe enroll and take a summer class and be ready to go. That makes my head spin sometimes trying to figure out what right. uh, the actual eligibility requirements would be in different instances. But yeah, I mean, I think we're running out of sand in the hourglass to my understanding of transfer portal additions for Oklahoma. So I would tend to agree with what you laid out there, John, that probably he's referencing the, the uh, summer enrollees that will be along uh, shortly for Oklahoma, which, yeah, they, they're going to have some talent there. And, you know, I just look no further than wide receiver. I, I've been saying that again and again and again, that both Petaway and Keon Brown for me, they're going to have a, a definite chance. And Brennan Thompson, who they, they brought in, that's a transfer portal addition, but he'll arrive uh, obviously later as a wide receiver. I mean, those are that's three names right there that absolutely, to me, one of those three is probably going to be a big-time factor for OU next season. They got to find somebody. 
And right now they don't have the answer at wide receiver two. So it's, it's a kind of a, one of those lingering questions that we've been talking about coming out of the spring. You don't really have a definitive answer there just yet, but again, talent is on the way. They're going to have a, an even in more improved roster as they head into the summer and to start getting ready for the 2023 season. We'll see which of the 2023 uh, summer enrollees are going to be quick learners and able to make an impact uh, this or this fall uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, any parting thoughts, Josh, before we get out of here, we're going to go ahead and close it down. Big 12 championship for Oklahoma men's golf. Huge Oklahoma Sooners softball has a, uh, chance to clinch a Big 12 regular season title this weekend against Kansas. Any any thoughts? Parting thoughts? Take it wherever you want. Any big takes? Go for it. Appreciate the everyday club as always. Yes, for the second year in a row, back to back, Oklahoma men's golf stands above the rest. From Prairie Dunes Country Club, that's uh, up in Hutch. Oklahoma rising above the rest. And it just seems like John this, this time of the year, the last, well, obviously back-to-back years, they've won the big 12 here, but even the years that they haven't won the big 12 championship coach Hibble, man, Ryan Hibble gets this golf team playing its best golf at the right time to where they go uh, either track down a national championship or come Oh, so close to tracking down a national championship. And I think that this team's right back in the thick of uh, that race. Football-wise, man, uh, we, we got more we got to touch on from the, the Brent Venables and Ted Roof conversation. Still just want to have sort of an overall defensive conversation for the everyday club. You want to stick around. How far, how much genuine improvement has this defense made already? Ted Roof, uh, let's hear some of his comments as the, the week uh, closes down, coming up the rest of the way here. And then let's have that debate in the discussion. How much genuine progress has Oklahoma made already before uh, this season even kicks off as the spring concludes? And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks for much in tuning. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe over on YouTube. Hit that notification bell and hit that like button. Uh, it'll let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Follow me at John Nine Williams and follow the show on Twitter and now on TikTok at Locked On Sooners. Check it out over there. We've got little episodes dropping, not little episodes, but just little shorts dropping over there from time to time. We're going to provide a little bit of more content over on that phase of social media as well. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We we'll ha- might have some NFL draft stuff to talk about tomorrow night or on the next show for Friday. Uh, Make sure you're tuned in wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you then. Boomer Sooner.